Hello, my name is Xavier Mercado, and this is Spearhead Conversations. Today, I'm joined by a special guest, Dak Wright, with a collective of sounds such as Groove and Psych. Um, he's uh, made quite the impression on me. I've actually listened to a new project he uh, dropped this past April, and uh, I went two times, two times around. But this um, is nice. <laughs> I loved it. I love the sound. Um, I've been following him now, and I can see the passion. So, uh, without further ado, how you doing, Dak? I'm uh, I'm chilling, man. I'm doing good. You know, just uh, here for this conversation, man. I'm really stoked about it. I love your content, and this is yeah. a great opportunity, man. Well, I, I got to say, I'm a fan, and your your name is Dak, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you go by Dak Dubois. Dubois, yeah. Right. And welcome to Casa Dubois here as well. Casa Dubois. Casa Dubois, man. <laughs> this is where the magic happens, you know? I love it, man. It, honestly, it got the old style in the back. Got <laughs> these these bucks off to the center, the drum set. It makes me kind of feel like home where I record out of, actually, with that drum set right Word. there. <laughs> yeah, you could bust a beat in the middle of this. We'll just we'll cut to it. I think I can probably <laughs> fix these two mics. We could pick it up in parameters. There you know? we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love the setup, and, um, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's cozy. Cool. It's a cozy, humbling feeling. So I'm glad, man, yeah. Um, well, th- I, 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 first and foremost, I got to say thank you for reaching out. Oh, yeah. Um, your music, again, I, I love it. I love the sound. A little bit, 60s, 70s, even the 80s, you know, and <laughs> the, the sounds infused together. Um, you, you've made quite a, uh, you're making quite a name for yourself. Um, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. But um, thank you for being here. And with that, let's jump in. Let's do it, dude. Let's dive right in. All right. <laughs> so where were you born? So I was born in Oshkosh, Wisconsin on uh, April 28th of 1994. My boy was 94. Bone Thugs was Hidden. Yeah, for sure. And I got that Taurus power too, you know. There you go. For sure. So <laughs> don't ask me my moon sign. I couldn't tell you. If tell. we ask Nora, she'll probably let us know. But uh, I, I have go. no idea. So shout out to the lady. Shout out to Nora, of course. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, how was childhood? How oh, childhood was uh, was pretty interesting. Obviously, Oshkosh is a uh, is a it's an interesting place. It's a rundown Rust Belt town, man. It's exactly kind of what you find in a lot of different you know, medium-sized cities across the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was definitely it was definitely an interesting childhood. Uh, I don't really know where else to kind of go with it other than yeah. saying that. But uh, well, what, what, what type of hobbies were you into? What, what things interest you? Before music, obviously we know music yeah. is the... Uh, I mean, I really like baseball. Baseball? I feel like when I was four, I liked trains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I feel like we all did. Like you bring me trains and bulldozers, and that was that was pretty pretty tight, man. I really liked Legos. Um, yeah, I uh, it was interesting growing up. I had obviously mom and a dad. They got divorced when I was about eight, which was yeah. a really interesting thing. Um, and then I had a couple of stepdads, and my dad had 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 gotten remarried when I was about fourteen. Okay. So it was always interesting. I felt like I had a lot of different parental kind of forces. Um, so I kind of, you know, it's definitely changed the way that I've looked at things the older I've gotten to because I've kind of always been really like level headed and yeah. been able to figure things out for myself, all whilst being just a little micromanaged. So, <laughs> well, you got to love it came together in the ending, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, well, yeah. shout out to my parents, man. They're super supportive. Um, we've all been through quite a few different things, uh, just a lot of interesting things. I feel like everybody goes through trauma and, and tribulations and, and stuff like that as they're being brought up, especially in a kind of an estranged way, too. You yeah. Know? But, uh, yeah, you know, that's pretty much all I really can dive into that without yeah. saying anything say too, too crazy. And well, I, I, off, I always say it, you know, uh, Growing up in the '90s, mid '90s, when you were born, yeah, um, you know, it, it was a it was a crazy time. And also with that, like you said, every family has their type of dysfunction. Yeah. Everyone has their, you know, it's your it's the knit of your family. And uh, with that, you just learn from it, you yeah. know. Uh, but appreciate you sharing, man. Yeah, no, of course. I know, especially with you having kids too. It's it's interesting because I think a lot of parents kind of look at things differently i think that every person kind of reaches a level of consciousness yep. at a different age yep i still uh, I, i'll never forget when i kind of like reached that level of consciousness mm -hmm. it was the first time i was ever ever able to not shit my pants <laughs> it was yeah. weird it was weird i was like the first time i just like you know had to go to the bathroom yeah and i was like consciously like oh man i know where i gotta go for this right now and i was like two yeah. years old you know that's they. <laughs> Well, you got it. Well, I actually have a three-year-old right now, and he is literally—he's finally potty trained, and it was intense training. I let him run around the house uh, for three, four days, butt naked. Damn. He just—he just did. It's crazy because he'd know when the when it was off where he had to go. But the minute you put on a diaper or a a, a, a diaper or a pull up, sure, he'd go in it. So just leaving him for those couple days of where. You know what I mean? Straight, just he's free. Yeah, <laughs> you know he he. And now it, he's woke. Dude. It clicked. Now he's, he's woke. He's on it, dude. He's on the it. babies. Yeah. <laughs> what was your earliest memory of uh, finding uh finding music? Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know, man. My I have an older brother, and he was a musician, and he's thirty six, so he's seven years older than me. Uh, and I really dug. Anytime he'd bring like a guitar through and stuff, we grew up in separate houses, so it was you know it was interesting. Whenever he'd bring like a guitar, I'd like see his house mm -hmm. and like see his drum set and stuff. But I think what really inspired me was I had a friend. Uh, I was eleven. I was in like sixth grade. I got like a little garbage iPod Shuffle, and mm -hmm. I told one of my friends, "I'm like I don't. I'm like eleven. I don't know how to like put music on this thing." He's like, "Oh, I got you." And he put like the Doors and like Jimi Hendrix and like the Violent Femmes and stuff like that mm -hmm. on there. And you could only load like seventy songs on these on these little things because that was all the memory that there was. It was two thousand five, yeah. you know. <laughs> and uh, sophomore in high school, yeah, two thousand five, <laughs> man. And uh, yeah, and I, I remember like listening to all of this like classic rock, mm -hmm. and I was just blown away. I was just like, I had no idea. Like, my parents are really young. My dad is 52. My mom's 51. So they were really big into the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I never really gotten to experience the 60s and 70s and stuff like that. So, like, this was all just kind of uploaded on this iPod shuffle. And anytime this music would come on, I was just, like, blown away, dude. Like, especially the psychedelia stuff. And I think that's kind of what's sprinkled in my influences. I've gotten older, yeah. too, is just how much I dig that stuff even when i was 11 years old and my brain was, was in a totally yeah. different place it was just mind-blowing it was so colorful and beautiful yeah. you know yeah well that was going to be my next question what were the type of influences actually what what artists musical artists were influences that that drove you to this path of uh, the creativeness that you have now 
Yeah, I would definitely. I mean, yeah, the Doors, Hendrix. I'm a huge Hendrix guy. There we go. You'll uh, you'll see when you see me live. Um, yeah. just there's something about Hendrix, man. The fastness of the fingers, but like the beauty of putting it all together. And I think when I improvise, which anytime I play live, that's kind of all I do. Yeah. So. <laughs> but well, uh, that Hendrix really comes out. I'm a big like Arctic Monkeys, like Strokes kind of guy, and okay. kind of modern indie stuff too. You know, I really gotten off on that since I was able to really realize that that was like there's a certain mm. sound and a feel to music where I was like oh dude this is sick like that yeah. kind of alternative sound you know well you know I I, I say man um you, you I I've performed on stage many times mm -hmm. but like when you're up there and you're just feeling and you're tapped in with the sound the rhythm vibrations and everything it's it's a different it's a different type of rush. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it you if if you're being fed the right way, man, you do on the spot crazy things you never thought you were able to do. Um, yeah, I'm actually excited to go see you perform because, like I said, man, um, last night while I was I was writing this interview, I was listening to your music and I'm just like, it's so different. I love it. Like it's <laughs> it's it's not. How do I say this? Without taking away, um, it, it's not of this time. Yeah. But I mean it in the most respectful way. No, no, I totally you, get that. I you, know you're not saying it's outdated. Yeah, I think you're yeah. saying it's got a little bit of a throwback feel, man. And obviously yeah. you're in my space and my whole house. I mean, that's yeah. kind of my vibe on everything, man. I really love the 60s and 70s, kind of that mid-century of, as far as like art's concerned, mm -hmm. I think it's just beautiful, man. Even yeah. colors and everything, too. It's... Yeah, it's definitely... It's, it's there. It's totally the shit. It's <laughs> awesome, man. I love that stuff. Um, what age did music become something you knew that you wanted to pursue and with that wanted to take more on a serious note? I mean, I definitely really dug it at like 11 and stuff, but I didn't really know how to wrap my head around it necessarily. Um, I tried multiple times throughout kind of my teenage years and even early 20s and I was never I was I would figure out certain things but it like all didn't snap into place for me yet yeah and I think what really changed was when I hit my mid-20s I kind of had a little bit of a nervous breakdown and uh, during that time I really was like it just all started clicking for me like yeah. obviously being an adult kind of clicked maybe not as much as the music thing but yeah um and from there i think everything just kind of started making sense and I, I looked at things differently as a songwriter you know as a as a performer as a writer just all the different kind of ways spread across the board it all just kind of looked different all of a sudden i felt like my you know, frontal cortex was kind of like finally there. finally there. Yeah. Yeah. I gained consciousness when I was two from a dump, but it took me dumping my life before it all really came together. So my voice said it took the dumping. <laughs> it was something like that, you know? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> man, well, uh, you know, growing up now, now you, you're, you're dabbing in. It, it's a long time since the dump. Yeah. But, um, through finding yourself, was Dak Dubois always the the alias you had? Was there different aliases you went through that led up to Dak Dubois? Yeah, I think so. Um, I was playing with a lot of different people, um, just jamming around. I had a different band before up in the Fox Cities, um, and I just played guitar in that band, um, and... 
they're all really cool people. It was a really good experience. I'm really glad that I kind of was able to do that already because when it came time to me moving down here and Mm -hmm. wanting to like, you know, do the album by myself. And and it was more of like, I needed to prove it to myself that I'm like, Oh, like shit, I can, I think I can play drums. Like, I think I can play bass. I think I can mix and record. I I think I can sing. And there are things that I'd never really tested before, but I, I just like had this will, man. And I was like, uh, you know, like I need something to show for when I'm yeah. not here. Like obviously life isn't forever. And I think that I want to have a legacy of some kind, you know, and sure. when I'm gone, I are not on this earth anymore. I think it would be just great to, you know, have something that influences people the same way that I've been influenced since I was a kid. For sure. And I think that sheer will of, you know, wanting to, you know, have something beyond that was really what pushed me. It wasn't anything mm-hmm. else other than that. And I'm, I'm really glad that I did it because now that I've done it once, I'm like, oh, this is this is cake, man. I can I can do this with other people or I can keep doing this by myself. Mm-hmm. I can just collaborate in a ton of different ways or I can just lock myself in this room right here for, you know, a couple of days and figure something out. For sure. Um, you said you play uh, multiple instruments. Yeah. Let's go through that list again. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so guitar is kind of like the baby, man. It's that thing mm-hmm. that I feel like is kind of just glued to my hand and I can play behind my head and stuff, as I'm sure you've probably seen on social media. That's kind of like a whole crazy thing. I'll yeah, do. yeah. It's a good little attention grabber. Sometimes gimmicks work, I guess. Uh, uh, I play bass guitar. Um, mm-hmm. I play keys, like synth or like piano, whatever. Um, I also... Play drums, pretty much any kind of percussion. Uh, I also mess around in a little harmonica. Um, I would love to get a recorder in here. Um, not so I can learn how to play it, but just so I can piss Nora off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to a friend of mine. Like, harmonica, it resonates with me. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, you know, more like a brother. Uh, his name is Jake Weinberg. Okay. And uh, he's kind of this guy that any instrument he puts his mind to, he picks up and harmonica is one of them cool so get back yeah i'll let you get back no, harmonica I, I was just yeah. thinking about it like yeah for sure man. i think that's pretty much it um honestly anything with a string i've messed around with mandolin ukulele um that kind of stuff i haven't really tried to learn a lot of that other stuff but the only yeah. real difference is like your tunings you know and obviously you can if you're if you have an ear you can figure out real quick like what notes supposed to be where and how to kind of build your scales off of it and put your own feel into the scales and the time and stuff like that. For sure, man. Well, um, you know, Dak Dubois, your name's Dak, right? But your, your alias now is Dak Dubois. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What inspired the Dubois? Well, the Dubois, um, first off, I didn't want when you Google Dak, right. It's just Nick Wright from Fox sports one talking all this shit about Dak Prescott <laughs> And, like, I get it, Dak Prescott, you know, maybe he's over or underrated, I guess. I don't really yeah. know. We share the same name. I'm not trying to crap on the guy. For sure. And Nick Wright, just, he's got too many opinions, dude. You yeah. Know? He's not as bad as Skip Bayless, but I still, I don't want people to, like, try to look me up. For and sure. the next thing you know, you get trapped in 10 minutes of Nick Wright just talking a bunch of shit about <laughs> Dak Prescott. <laughs> the, or LeBron. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but the Dubois thing, uh, it's it's really it's an homage to I've had lost some friends when we were in our mid twenties to addiction and mm-hmm. mental health, 
as I think a lot of us have in this modern era, especially yes. if you're raised in poverty too, like a lot of the friends yep. you make, it's you see it, you know, whether you're whatever it's rundown true. Rust Belt town you're from in the Midwest here, man, I think we all see heroin go through it and yep. other drugs and, and it's it's really sad and uh they're some of my best friends that I ever had and I, I think it was more of an homage to them, um, being French like of wood and just, you know, it's it's for the boys, man. And obviously yeah. I don't go by two boys, but you know, it's kind yeah. of, there's an inside joke that I had with one of my friends that passed away a couple years ago. And, and I was like, okay, so I just kind of threw it in there cause I wanted, you know, I wanted yeah. to kind of put it out there for them, you know? Well, I, I, I will, you know, I will second that. Yeah, man, we've gone through it, especially living in the Midwest. Um, yeah, I've seen many friends go and it's sad, you know, cause what's left behind, you know, it's just, those type of lights that they they leave and when it dims out it's it's the reality of it mm -hmm. so um well I, I you know the meaning is, is i love it thanks man yeah. so, and just for anyone that we lost you know they're in thought they're still here with us we're and, gonna um, see him again you and we're gonna I mean? see him again man i think eventually we go you know and kind of transcend dimensionally I yeah. think that's something that music and art and all of these different forms of mm -hmm. of connection really kind of expression. Yeah, yeah it kind yeah. of it kind of it teeters it teeters that line uh, between you know like almost dimensions. Not that I'm trying to sound crazy by saying yeah. this or anything, but I, I think that that's kind of what the basis of any kind of dogmatic pr like uh, yeah purpose comes from. You know, mm -hmm. well, man, uh, you know this journey you're on. <laughs> you're here. You're doing it. Um, you got my attention. So, uh, hey, this is for all the do boys. It's <laughs> <laughs> for all the boys, man. You know. Well, I will say, um, I salute you in the way you honor your friends. Uh, you know, we we grow up with them, and they're a part of us. So, uh, salute to you. Uh, how would you describe your music? Yeah, I would definitely describe it as kind of a groovy thing, man. You know, not even trying to tie it back to uh, the '60s and '70s too much here, but. Yeah, definitely really funk-driven, um, super melodic. I think the from a lyrical perspective, it's kind of wavering my confidence that I have sometimes in mm -hmm. relationships, which I think we all kind of deal with. People are interesting, and sometimes it's hard to feel like we're getting the truth necessarily out of people. But yeah, nevertheless, I still trust. I put a lot of trust into all of my relationships, and I For feel sure. like that's a really important thing to have, you know, because mm -hmm. I'd rather feel somebody screw me over out of $40 then yeah. <laughs> then to get tricked a long way and, and to feel like I'm out of it and duped at the end. So, but I feel like that's kind of a very common thing to look at nowadays and, and B, but, uh, yeah, the music, man, I definitely kind of an indie pop psych and groove, okay. uh, kind of feel, you know, I want there to be things that are modern in there, but then I also want, you know, some of that old For school sure. twang in there a little bit too, you know? Yeah. How would you describe uh how no no how how do you tap into your uh creative process? Oh, that's that's a great question. I think I usually drink some coffee, man. I think about all the things, man. I, I try to not be focused on one thing. I just try to like open up my uh perception to kind of everything that I'm going through and everything that I empathetically go through with other people and that I see other people going through and I try to kind of channel in all that energy that is out there and all the vibes that we feel and yeah and try to put that 
into a way to explain it into music, you know? For sure. Yeah. Man, uh, well, I I love it. Coffee, Folgers in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, that's great, you know? You got to be at a humble state. When I, I tap into my creative process when I'm writing, it's really just go to a, a silent room and just really, you know, just head up, look at the ceiling. I'm kind of like this, notebook in hand, and I just think. Yeah. It's just... It's so blank, but then literally just comes to me. Yeah. And then I start writing. And then once I get on that, it's kind of, mm. it, it kind of rolls, kind of rolls. Um, how often would you say you perform? Yeah. So um, over the summer, I did a ton, man. I, I was doing a lot of like loop shows and stuff, which was really interesting because I never practiced them. I just kind of like went yeah. out and. I was like, all right, I have this equipment. I'm just going to make stuff up. And half the shows I would just make up on the fly. And that was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was cool to like get engaged with the crowd too. And yeah. I think when I get to see performances like that, I'm always like, dude, this is sick, you know? And then yeah. I, I just want to like do what I want to see, you know? For sure. So, um, yeah, I did a lot of those, but, uh, usually full band, I, we try to perform in Milwaukee every two or three weeks and then, uh, solo shows. I mean, I'd like to, kind of go on tour and do them for a little while. I, they're a lot of fun and it's not as much equipment to drag around or yeah. guys to drag around to. So for sure. Do you remember your first performance? Oh man. Yeah. The first time I ever really performed, I think I was, I was like 16 and it was at a dive bar. It was this weird open jam <laughs> thing that my, yeah. uh, my stepdad dragged me to cause he was a drummer and he was like, this kid can just rip guitar like he's so he's trying to like get me in with all these old like blues cats and stuff yeah. and i you know i didn't really think that i was like sick at guitar or anything but i just kind of started ripping some shit you know and these guys mm. were like dude this kid's only 16 and it was just really it was yeah. really funny you know what were your emotions oh dude i was so overwhelmed i was so overwhelmed <laughs> i had no idea i was I, I i could like it's crazy when you perform and if you like are used to playing a little bit faster like that's kind of like what your comfort zone is mm -hmm. which sometimes it is but it feels like you're going in slow motion man for sure you're just going in slow motion so like every little thing you feel like you can kind of know when you're messing up and your fingers mm -hmm. are sweaty and you're like oh this fretboard feels weird right now and you're like it's all so slow and then you like watch some video that somebody took later and you're like jesus christ i didn't know i could play that fast man you know yeah but in the moment it's it's easy to see the mistakes and especially if you're an improviser you know and yeah. Who have been uh, mentors, positive mentors? I'm guessing your father was one. Yeah. Plays yeah. drums. My stepdad, yeah. Stepdad. Yeah. He definitely kind of, yeah, he, he was he was good, man. He had, he was pretty critical, but I think I needed that, you know. And um, my dad uh, was definitely kind of a mentor, too. I, I think I grew up playing sports and, like, wrestling and baseball and all that stuff. And wrestling is, like, one of those things that can just break your heart. You yeah, I, I I wrestled. I yeah. wrestled in high school, man. <laughs> and you know that like that heartbreak that you experience with that is like, yeah, fuck, man. Like even if if you're playing on a like a team sport or something too, like it, and it's all on you. You're like the last guy to wrestle to feel that heartbreak kind of hit in. It's like yeah. holy, you know, that's just just a lot to deal with. Um, but I'd say like people that are positive influences across the board. Um. Where some of the people I grew up with, you know, just kind of seeing them use their brain and get out of bad situations. And some of them eventually ended up kind of leaking back into bad situations. But 
Nevertheless, I, I think that when I was in my early mid twenties, um, I think my life could have gone a lot of way different ways <laughs> than it did. Yeah. But I'm glad that I had some really cool friends and positive male influences that were, you know, just kind of showing me a little bit better of a way. I think it was always cool to hang out with yeah. some older people too. Cause mm-hmm. I, if it was up to me, I'd probably be in a lot worse of a place, you know, me, <laughs> at, me in my late teens, early twenties, man, I was, I was on a war path. So gotcha. Well, you perform a lot. Um, how do you prepare for these performances you do? Yeah, I would say any pre-rituals that you do before you get on stage. Yeah, I usually smoke a few cigarettes, you know, okay. <laughs> just ripping darts, you know, but uh, yeah. that's, I think the anxiety, but uh, yeah, I usually just try to hang out with Nora, make sure she feels good. I can usually see that things are chaotic before a show, whatever yeah. it may be, like if we're playing in front of 50 people or 200 people, like there's still kind of the same level of chaos that's there and I think kind of tapping into that chaos is a good thing because it really pushes me to the next point. I kind of like need that little bit of anxiety to like do anything. Oh, yeah. It's like before you came here to set up for this, I was like, oh, I got to clean, man. I procrastinated (laughs) for two days. And not that I'm dirty or anything, but like sometimes you just got to like waver yourself and kind of procrastinate just a little bit, you know, just a little bit to like really push yourself and kind of, yeah, I'm uh, the king of procrastinating. So, yeah. How would you describe the Milwaukee music scene? Oh, damn. I would say it's incredibly diverse. Yeah. I think from genre, I think from people, um, I think that's the best thing about it. There is so much talent in this scene, and it's great only living here for about a year and mm-hmm. really kind of getting to you know put myself into it, too. It's It was the reason why I moved down here, man, uh, when I – when I was uh, living up in Appleton, I got invited to do a couple of things down here, like different jams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that I did because I got to meet a ton of great people and play music with just a diverse group of people that really knew a lot of different genres. And that kind of helped me too, because I was like, I feel like I know these genres, but I just need to like try it mm-hmm. and jamming with those people and, and making really cool friends with people that are just you know, different. I moved down here specifically to be in the scene because I really appreciated it that much. And I saw what was, you know, what was going on in it. And I'm like, that's sick. I want to be a part of that. You know? Well, you got, you gotta, you gotta embrace diversity. Totally. You know? And with that, you open your, your mind and, 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 and this light to a different type of world. And (laughs) man, it's uh, music. I've, I feel like with everyone, music it resonates and it helps you get through some some of the most traumatic times in your life, man. Music is there. Mm-hmm. So um, you recently uh, released your own project not so long ago, April? Yeah, okay. April, man, yeah, totally. What inspired this? Oh, man, I think it was same kind of to tie it into the name. You know, it's, it's the inspiration of grief, but... Uh, honestly kind of moving on you know and and just yeah. taking all of these different emotions that throw at throw it that are thrown at us throughout life and being able to persevere man you know and and uh i wanted to express that in the music and throughout all eight of the tracks you know yeah. it's supposed to tell a story from front to back about you know moving through that and what you know what you can really do for yourself and yeah What's the and the your your uh, Dak Dubois is the name of the project, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
what's your favorite track? Which one resonated with you the most? Yeah, I I think Portland. I think Portland. Portland, okay. Portland was kind of the one where Uppy? It, it is, yeah, but yeah. it's kind of uh that song was uh it was written about my friend Sean who had overdosed on heroin a couple years ago, which was a really like super sad thing and uh um it was just it all goes about kind of just like waiting in limbo, you know, and that's kind of what that song is. It's yeah. kind of like how I think, you know, he was feeling and and I kept I kept dreaming, man. I I'd dream every night and I'd like talk to him in these dreams and shit and it was kind of it's kind of really crazy, you know, and it really pushed me a lot. He was like my best friend, you know, and Yeah. Yeah, and it was so that song I think kind of was like the one for me that it was that's what it's about, you know. Yeah. It's obviously a bit more metaphoric. I'm not going to straight up, you know, be like, oh, this song is about Sean, you know, in the yeah. song or anything, but that's literally what it is. So, you know, it, it goes back. Isn't it crazy how music just, you know, it resonates with you? Mm -hmm. um, what has, you know, especially with things like this, this is, you know, it creates a type of emotion that you bring into your music um, with your music. What type of barriers have you faced? Hmm. I think the barriers I've mostly faced have been constraints that I've put on my own self. Uh, I think just kind of sometimes it's easier to sit back and just do with things the easiest way you possibly can. Mm -hmm. But I think pushing through that and being, you know, being present for yourself. And I don't mean that in like a selfish, like fuck everybody else kind of way or anything like yeah. that. But really just taking care of yourself, you know? And then I think that was something that I'm still trying to like really focus on mm -hmm. hard is, is figuring out how to like be my own caretaker, you know? Yeah. Um, and I will say even through this platform for the first time in my life, I've put myself first. Yeah. I'm done listening to everyone's opinion. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, structure criticism is great. I can handle it, mm -hmm. but ultimately what it comes down to is I'm making my footnote. I'm making my impression, and, you know, when the guests I bring on or just the stories you hear, this testament I'm, I'm building, and I can see that with your music because, you know, the emotion that, that comes out of your music. I, I listen, Like I said, I listened to that project two times in a row. Now, it has eight tracks on Spotify, because mm -hmm. that's where I went. Yeah, but you know, I listened to it two times over because you, you, with me, I can. You can sense passion when you know. It's in the music, you know, and and with each track, it just kept getting better and better for me. Um, where, where would you say, um, what was the what was the all around feel you were trying to get for the whole project as a whole. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was kind of a concept piece. Um, the album from front to back starts with Somil, which is a it's an instrumental, but it's it's kind of a, it's a plunge into a new world. And then mm -hmm. the second song on there is Seaside, and that's kind of about getting knocked down and just yeah, kind of dealing with it, yeah. you know. And then it goes into Violent Shade, which is supposed to almost be a feel of of being left alone to drown okay. um and that's kind of like where the wetness and the water kind of comes from in there and 
From there, it moves into, I think, Portland. I'm not sure. Yeah. But the whole yeah. thing front to back is it, it goes over a story and a concept, and I, and I really wanted to show what I'd gone through in the last couple of years, mm -hmm. and, and I really didn't talk to my family a lot, threw out a lot of different things and stuff. I didn't really necessarily talk to my friends or anything, and I, and I think that that was like, I wanted to get that out there and be mm -hmm. like, they can read between the lines. I hope, you know, yeah. metaphors are pretty easy to understand, but I also wanted to have something, you know, to be my legacy. And, yeah. and I, I didn't know. I was like, I, you know, sometimes it's easy to be a hypochondriac and be like, Oh fuck, I might die tomorrow. You know? Yeah. For sure. But like you need something, you know? And I think that's what I wanted that album to be. And now that that's out, I'm just way more hungry to produce the next piece and, yeah. and just kind of tap myself. I just want to keep tapping myself and, coming up with cool stuff and having this kind of vibe and almost this brand identity behind like the tonalities that I'm picking, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we go through our ups, we go through our downs. What motivates you to keep, you know, giving this part of you? Yeah. I think just wanting to be understood you know, I, I think that that's kind of the easiest way to look at that. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely kind of a little bit of a selfish thing, but um, sometimes it's easier to not want to talk about stuff. I'd rather have somebody dive in and even if I don't know them and yeah. listen to it and have some kind of experience behind, you know, what the music is and be like, oh, cool. You know, that I also want to be a better instrumentalist across the board. I want to be a better singer. I want to be a better songwriter. I just want people to listen to the music and, and kind of understand where I'm coming from or have it mean something completely different to them, but help them in whatever tough spot that they might be in, you know? Yeah. Well, you, you know, through these live performance, you connect with, with, with the, the audience. What have been memorable moments and achievements you've had throughout this journey? Yeah. I just started playing these things out about six months ago. So it was really my first time kind of getting to do this in this facet. And, uh, I think some of the most memorable moments have been in listening rooms. Honestly, there's been a few different shows that I've played and they've been quieter crowds. And I like getting those quiet crowds because I know that I'm being heard, but then I also want them to get rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, it's cool. You know, like I understand what's proper for a listening room, but it's also cool to kind of push them over the edge a little bit because I think that that's what makes them more interested too is sometimes you got to break the rules, man, you know? Yeah. And I think in those circumstances, in those rooms, that's what makes the most sense because I could see people are understanding me and, and that's cool. But then eventually, you know, there's going to be a time where one of these instrumental hits, one of these instrumentals hit and I just want them to be like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want them to hear a guitar solo and be like, holy shit. What is this guy? I'm on <laughs> life, baby. <laughs> well, you've been, uh, how long have you been in Milwaukee for? Uh, I moved here last August. So um, it's been one hell of a year. A little bit over a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, how do you feel Milwaukee has attributed to your success? I mean, tremendously, man. There's a lot of, there's a lot of great people in the scene and a lot of people that are really supportive. And mm -hmm. I, I think that I've gotten to meet a lot of people that, really dig what I'm doing and really feel like, you know, are being really supportive, whether it be like sharing an Instagram post yeah. or showing up to a show or buying, you know, a t-shirt or whatever the deal, or just like, you know, being cool and offering me some words or hitting me on my DM and being like, dude, this shit's awesome. 
you yeah. got to keep doing this. And it's that's those little things like that are awesome. And the other artists that I've gotten to meet, play shows with, I was about to hang ask, out who, with, man. Yeah, who have you collaborated with? Oh, man, I haven't done any collabs really in the studio yet that I've released or anything, but uh, I've been working with a few different artists. Uh been working with an artist that's only released like one song so far. Her name is uh, Casey, KCU. Well, you showed me before we started. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Casey, he put you on. Yeah. You're going to be reaching out. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my buddy Kalen, who goes by Brother Malik Ali Olam. He's uh, he's a singer. He's fucking awesome. Okay. Um, I met uh, Classic through him, too. I'm sure you're familiar with Classic, Kellen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kellen, I've not worked with Kellen yet, but we hang out, you know, pretty frequently and yeah. kind of do the same stuff, go to shows. He's dope, man. He's he's one of the I want to put him on blast, but I think he's the most talented guy in the Midwest, man, as far as musicians go. And I, I know Get that it. I can tell it makes him a little uncomfortable <laughs> when I say that, but <laughs> he's, yeah. he's applauding. Give it you. up for classic. You got yeah. <laughs> No, dude's amazing, man. And every time I see his shows, I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, how are you even able to do this? Yeah. And he's just the coolest guy. For he's, sure. He's awesome. Um, I've been hanging out with Wave Chappelle too. He's fucking amazing. Yeah, that we dude. had him on the platform. Yeah, yeah good he, old Wave. You got him, man. Wave's awesome. He's a great person too. Just super genuine. Have you met Niall yet? I have not met Niall yet, no. Um, I did go see uh, Wave perform Wave, with Niall. You need, to, you need to make this happen, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm excited to meet Niall when I do, though. I've checked out some of his music and saw him perform at Flannel Fest, and he was awesome, dude. Oh, yeah. It was cool. Man. His tour, he got going. Yeah. East Coast tour. Obviously, uh, I've become friends with Emmett James, too. That's how he gets his shirt. Emmett's, uh, Emmett's a great dude. Uh, there's just been so many people in milwaukee that i'm just blown away everybody's super chill man and really supportive yeah. of each other and we kind of have to be there for each other because we're like we're like the bridge to each other you know and be, you're like i've said this before you need people yeah i all this that i've been doing with this platform it's i haven't done alone i got my wife to thank i got you know who's like family to me lives out in la steven van plue you know, I got you. Got people. You're gonna need people along the way, especially if you're doing something like this. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you you find when you finally put start putting yourself first. It's not selfish, but no. when you first when you start putting yourself first, you you find out who you are, and and through that, greatness ensues. I agree. I think kindness comes from that though too. Yeah. I think it's it's so much easier to show love to other people and you yeah. have genuine love for yourself too well um you know I, i'll circle back to your project what does it mean for you you compose engineer and produce your own music How, what, what does that mean to you as an artist i think it means the most i think that um i just kind of know what i want to get out of things and mm -hmm. i think there's a certain feeling that i want to like convey yeah. and you know, to understand and have be understood. And, and I think that that's a really important thing for me to kind of do for myself. Um, it's easiest to communicate with yourself. It's almost like telepathic, you know, but yeah. you're literally just in your own mind. So it's for sure. It feels great, man. It's kind of, I think it's the way to go. Yeah. You're just going to have to mess up a bunch of things a bunch <laughs> of times in order for you to be like, okay, I feel like this is yeah. an 80%. I'll send it out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Walk us through the process. Mm-hmm. 
walk us through it. Sure. Yeah. So usually when I do that, I start with a metronome because time is important. Um, I don't want uh, the BPMs to get switched up at all. Then I'll write out some rhythms on guitar, sometimes keys, whatever. Yeah. Then I'll go with drums, and then I kind of go to bass after that to bridge between the guitar and the drums, and I try to make it funky because I and like funky you. bass lines. Yeah. <laughs> I love a big, fat, funky bass line. And then uh, from there, I'll figure out other melodies, like vocally or mm -hmm. guitar parts or whatever, and then from there, I'll delete half of it and restart <laughs> and then i kind of just keep doing that until eventually i'm like uh, this is fine yeah. i feel like i need to do something so there you go well i i appreciate the the artistry you know you, you can sense it like it, you're, you're the real deal yeah, you know what i, I mean about that but no you are man <laughs> doing going starting from scratch like that that all together is what everyone strives to do I will say, yeah, you can go on some keys on a computer and uh, f formulate an instrumental, but it's so much more when it's through instruments mm -hmm. and you use your percussion, woodwind, or, you know, uh, you use actual instruments. So kudos to you. Where do you see yourself in the next five? Five minutes? Uh, five maybe years. you're still interviewing. <laughs> I would say the next five years, man. I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to be doing this more and helping other people do this too. Um, yeah. I feel like I feel like I know a lot of different genres and I know how to feel it. I know how to convey it. Um, and I really want to build up my book and work with a bunch of other people that might not have the same resources um, as me or the same, you know, access to some of these things. Mm -hmm. I think that that's important. Um, I'd love to play bigger shows. I feel like that's, don't we all want that attention just a little bit more, you know? And yeah, yeah I feel like I see myself probably, hopefully not renting an apartment. Yeah. And that might be a little weird, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, this isn't a little apartment, bro. Stop playing. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to own a house and own a business part of this and mm -hmm. even have my own studio space that's actually mine and. Gotcha. I don't have to worry about a bar underneath me that I'm going to be too loud for them or they're going to be too loud for me. So For sure. Well, you drum set, I, that, that's the first thing I know. I'm like, dang, he got it in the house. So you know <laughs> when he goes off, he's going off. Yeah. There's a lot of mutes on it, though. I have uh, different ways to mute it out. Also, it gives you like that fat 70s sound, too. Yeah. And I love that sound about all of it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the drums, the I mean, I have a whole PA that's, we just moved a bunch of speakers to fit in this yeah. tripod. So it can get pretty crazy in here. That's yeah. the sound dampening is almost, you know, totally needed. Yeah. As it gets sure. really in here. Yeah. So, well, I love it. I love the space. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful space, man. Cool. Thanks, man. Um, you're an artist. You're an artist in my eyes, man. Um, I'm definitely a fan. Cool. We definitely will be coming out to watch. Hell yeah. Uh, what advice would you give to aspiring musicians? Do it. Particularly our youth. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Just do it. Who, who cares, man? Just do it. Like, you're going to make a ton of mistakes, but, like, that's the beauty of it. Those mistakes are what teaches you to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. And you, you got to, you just got to mess up. You got to keep messing up. And because mistakes in music, if you keep messing up, you're going to be okay. 
Because well, it's one time you do it. Maybe you make the same mistake ten times. You probably won't make it again. Yeah. Keep playing fast. Keep keep trying to learn new chords, man. Like keep writing. Like who cares? Even if it's just for yourself in this moment, if if you just keep doing it and and mm-hmm. you get your ten thousand hours or whatever it takes to master something, like you're just gonna have to keep messing up, you know. And even when you're at a point where you feel like you know you're like okay, I'm comfortable now, you're mm-hmm. still gonna mess up. Yeah. Like we always mess up, you know, messing up is just a part of it and you have to be okay with yourself messing up. You can't expect perfection from anything because, well, you're going to be unlikable as a person mm-hmm. and you're not going to, you're not going to actually like move forward with anything. Gotcha. So just keep messing up and, and even when you feel like you got something right, you know what I mean? Keep, keep trying to make it a little bit different because that's what's going to make you better as a writer. That's, that's what's going to make you better as a player. That's what's going to make you better as a performer, as, as a person in general, you know, yeah. you need to really expand your mind out there and, and realize that looking at something from one small angle isn't, isn't the whole view of everything, man. Yes. You need like a whole panoramic view. I love your perspective, man. <laughs> but just Get keep it. messing up, keep messing up, especially if you're a kid, man, keep messing up. Just yeah. don't go to jail. Just don't go to don't jail. Don't go to jail. Don't go to jail. Yeah. yeah. Which is easier said than done because we live in a crazy society that can be really not great for people, especially people of color or people that are, you know, a part of any kind of like under scrutiny from a societal perspective. Yeah. You know, anybody that's not a white man. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, just keep messing up. And especially with your art, because that's what makes masterpieces. Gotcha. Well, I, I, Dak, I appreciate you um, reaching out. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we made this happen. Thank you so much for having me on, man. This right, is, this man. has been great. I, I'm glad to have you in my space too, and I really appreciate the yeah. conversation and getting to. It's there. I, I appreciate you as a person. Your story is awesome, and you know it's. Keep on doing it. Keep on. You got something. I'll tell you that. I'm just gonna keep messing up. I keep messing <laughs> I'm up. Just gonna keep messing up. Yeah. But I I listen to a lot of musicians. Obviously through my platform, I've interviewed a lot of musicians. But um, with your music, it is different, and I love it. This is the type of music I'd bring to like a family outing, and I'd press play and let everyone hear it because it's. I can feel the passion you put into your music. I can feel the the type of soul you have in it and and with me that really resonates. So that's me as a fan saying this to you. Um, keep getting it. Keep getting it. And keep fucking up. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm going to fuck so much up, dude. <laughs> but uh, thank you for coming on. And with that, spearhead out.